y'all. It's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. And if you are tuning in um, and you haven't been with us for a while, you are going to catch the very tail end of a series on the book of Ruth. Yeah, you're going to be hearing this on the week of Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to everyone who is listening. I'm thankful for each and every one of you who tune in when you get a chance to let's be real that's very humbling to think that there are actual real people listening to what i have to say and finding what i have to say useful again i pray every time i sit here and record or sit down to prepare that god will use what he's taught me to help encourage someone else so thank you for sacrificing your time um, each week to sit with me so I can gab about what God has done in my life. And today, today is no different. And as I've kind of alluded to these last several weeks, as we have been walking through the book of Ruth, that we were going to get to this last week, and I was going to do a whole episode on my personal reflections about the book and what this book has really meant to me in my life and my walk with God. So uh, I guess without further ado, let's just jump right into it. I have 10 things that I feel like this, how this book has impacted me the most, and I'll get to those. But I first want to tell you, I first read the book of Ruth, I guess it was probably the summer I graduated high school. You know, in that moment of finishing one season, it was almost a waiting. I guess it was kind of a waiting until I started the next most significant season in my life, which was going off to college, kind of entering into what looked somewhat like adulthood. But that summer was a waiting time for me, and I had a youth minister. Her name was Emily. I still keep up with her on social media, but uh, she was just a few years older than me, Uh, really looked up to her, but she brought to our uh, girls in our youth group a study about the book of Ruth, and it was called Lady in Waiting, and it made such an impression on me. Um, Just the premise was that just like Ruth, God oftentimes asks his daughters to wait and to rely on him and so that was that made a big big impact on me that study and little did I know that the thing that I most desired in my life was to be a wife and little did I know that that waiting that God would ask me to go through would be many many years until he blessed me with this wonderful man that I now call my husband So I began right out of high school being exposed to this book of Ruth and the truths that were there. So fast forward about um, four years. So I finished college, graduated, and again in another type of transition of having a degree, graduating college, trying to find a job, being out on my own, having my own expenses and bills that I was responsible for. And again, this idea of having to wait. And I stumbled across a journal 
that was meant to walk hand in hand with that Bible study that I had done four years earlier, right out of high school. And you're in for a treat because I dug through some of my old boxes and I found that journal that I journaled, uh, reflected in throughout the first little bit out of college. So we're looking at 20 years ago that I worked through this journal about the book of Ruth and the things that God was doing in my life are now recorded. And um, so I'm just going to go through and tell you 10 things that I found looking back, going back through this journal this week. I found that these were things that God really used this book of the Bible, his word, to really impress upon me as I was about to walk through this five-year journey of waiting for the gift that I knew God would give me one day, but he had some work to do on me first. And so this journal is a big piece of that. All right, so you know my backstory now. Let's get into these 10 things. And I don't want to um, sit on them too long, but I do want to read a little bit from the journal itself, the some of the prompts that I was given. And then I want to read a little bit of what my responses were. So this should be fun. Uh, the first one is that we learn, or I learned from the book of Ruth, that my journey needs to be a journey away from rituals and into a real relationship with Jesus. The journal says that Ruth moved from a false religion into the only true and eternal relationship. And I wrote, my relationship with Jesus has its ups and downs, its highs and lows. I know that this is all my fault. I am the one changing. I am the one allowing sin to get in between me and Jesus. Jesus never changes, never grows distant, never is at fault. I know that I will get back on fire. I just pray that it would be soon. I need to be useful, to feel whole, to feel secure, to feel loved. And I only feel that when I am close to Jesus Christ, when I am falling in love with him. The second thing is that I needed to accept his blueprints for my life and not my own plans. That's a hard one. The writer of this journal says that Ruth chose not only to break her family cycle, but also to challenge the lifestyle that many in Israel embraced. She wanted God's will, not hers. His blueprints, not her elementary scribbling. God's assignment, not her foolish plans. And I wrote, It will take me totally giving up my elementary scribble for God's state-of-the-art blueprints for my life. I have to completely abandon my life and my idea of how my future should come off to God. He is the only one that really knows what my life will be like once I recklessly abandon my heart along with my head to him. The third one is that I need to build my life on God's standards, not on men. The writer of the journal says Ruth's wise choices allowed her to break a godless family cycle and begin a new cycle that the Word of God triumphantly records. God has not changed, and neither have men. 
The high standards in God's Word are not irrelevant, but completely applicable to finding God's best for your life. I reflected in this. If I were to make choices based on chance, I would compromise myself and my beliefs. God is faithful and will provide for me as He sees fit. Number four, I learned through the book of Ruth that waiting on God for anything is not punishment. Who has to wait? A woman must wait. Who is the one who will not rest? The man, Boaz, will not rest. Wait. Such an assignment is not to cause suffering, but to prevent it. We saw that in Ruth chapter 3. My thoughts on this was, yes, my assignment is to wait, but I am totally willing to do that. Ruth had someone in her life that guided her, advised her, protected her heart against getting hurt. I thank God for the people in my life who support me, who I feel strength from to continue on. The fifth thing I learned was that to be wise in my decision-making, even if it's perhaps a radical route. What do I mean by that? Ruth's choice to wait for God's best resulted in her union with Boaz. Ruth not only married a man who was a pillar of strength, but she was also blessed by the privilege of bearing a son who would be part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. Ruth's wise decisions resulted in her experiencing God's overwhelming goodness. I reflected and wrote, I have vowed to God and myself to take the radical route. Sometimes I feel that I am standing alone in the middle of a desert in regards to my standards, but I will not settle and I will not compromise. All right, the next thing, number six, I need to wait to win. Ruth was a wonderful example of a lady of patience. Ruth did not allow her circumstances or lack of male companionship to cause her to be impatient. Instead, she concentrated on developing companionship with her Heavenly Father and chose to let him bring a husband to her if he saw fit. I wrote, When it comes to my weight, I plan on waiting and winning. I know God's plans for me are going to be great. I realize that when His plans for my life are fulfilled, They are going to be so great. I am not going to know what even happened to me. Number seven, the impact Ruth had on me is that I needed to take the time to develop a right view of God. And this truth comes when we look at Naomi's life. Would you be devoted to a God like Naomi's? In Naomi's bitterness, she no longer referred to God as the Lord as she had in verses 8 and 9 of chapter 1, but with a title that can cause one to feel alienated and insignificant, she referred to him as the Almighty. Our past experiences and present circumstances may cause you to have an incorrect view of God, but nothing and no one can give you a clearer picture of the true God than slipping under his wings and discovering for yourself who God really is, the refuge for which you long. I'm going to read my entire entry on this one. My view of God is one of love and compassion. 
God loves me. I know this. I read about his love, and I feel his love every single day. How could I spend time with him every day and not feel the love he has for me? I would be totally oblivious if I could not feel that amazing love he shows. I could have a different view of God and his love. I could, because of past experiences, present circumstances, be bitter and think that God doesn't love me at all, but I don't. I am grateful for the blessings he has given me, despite the obstacles, trials, and tests that have come along the way. I think God brings those situations upon us so that he can be glorified and we can realize his deep, deep love for us. Number eight, your friends matter. I learned this in the book of Ruth. The writer of the journal says, When Ruth told Naomi, Your people shall be my people, she understood that she would not be able to grow closer to the God of Israel if she remained among the Moabites, her own people. Ironically, God called Moab his wash basin in Psalm 60 and 108. One rinses dirt off in a wash basin. Ruth chose to leave the wash basin and head for Bethlehem, which means the house of bread. During this time in my life, I had a very close friend. She actually was uh, my roommate for a time, and we remained close after that. But she was the one true friend that I could go to and talk to about everything that was going on with me, and I feel like she could do the same. Her name is Carrie. And we continue to stay in touch as the years and families and children and jobs have taken us further away from one another. But I know that I could still call on her if ever I were to need her. So your friends matter. Your friends matter with your relationship with God. Will they bring you closer to him or take you down, demean what God is doing in your life and take you far away from him. All right, number nine, I need to live a life with eyes of faith. The journal writer puts it this way, Ruth chose to trust God with her future. She looked not with sensual sight, but through eyes of faith. Your hope cannot be put in some dreamed up future. It must be in the God who knows your past, present, and future, and loves you enough to give you the best. In response to this, I wrote, I know in my heart that God is where I should put my total hope and faith and trust, not in any ideas or preconceived fantasies. My hope comes from Christ Jesus. My hope comes from knowing that Jesus loves me and loves me enough to not make me make a wrong decision about my future. If only I have faith and turn to him for those decisions I need to make. And then number 10, virtue goes a long way. Ruth 2, verses 10 and 11 says, And Boaz answered and said to her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law after the death of your husband has been fully reported to me, and how you left your father and mother and the land of your birth and came to a people that you did not previously know. A woman of virtue is irresistible. So, to sum up what I have learned from Ruth, how this book has impacted my life, this is what I took with me. Right out of high school, right out of college, 
And now I am thankful that I was able to find this and be reminded that I must abandon my life for the one God has for me. Just like we see that Ruth did. She abandoned her life in Moab and she accepted the life that God had for her, not knowing all the blessings that would come along with it. So I want to encourage you today to abandon the life that you think you should have, the idea that you deserve something, something something in particular, and trade that in for the life that God has in store for you. Because I can tell you from what I've experienced is that what I can come up with is far less inferior than what God's going to come up with for me. And it's the same for you because he loves you and he has great plans for you. So whatever stage, whatever season of life you're in, will you abandon your what you think your life should be for the one that God has in store for you? I want to encourage you to think about that and be challenged this week. And um, I've enjoyed this journey through the book of Ruth with you. I hope that you have. If you've read it along with me, check it off as one of those, one of the books of the Bible you've read through. I'm feeling pretty accomplished right now at this point. All right. I hope that uh, you have a great Thanksgiving. I hope however you spend it, however you celebrate, you will be blessed. And then we're going to, after Thanksgiving, after we stuff ourselves with turkey and dressing and whatever else and take a turkey Uh, a turkey nap we're going to look toward Christmas and you know what we're still in a state of waiting just like the people of Israel were waiting on their Messiah we're waiting on our Messiah to return again and take us home with him so we'll talk about that and uh, we'll spot put a spotlight over Bethlehem as we have just visited that town with Ruth and Boaz and Naomi We're going to camp out in Bethlehem through this Christmas season. So I hope that you'll join me next week. Be blessed and happy Thanksgiving. See you soon. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you have been encouraged by our time together. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus is so important to me. And I want to share with you that you can have a relationship with Jesus just like I have a relationship with Jesus. There are three easy steps to finding that relationship. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Number two, believe on Jesus as the only one who can save you because he lived a perfect life. He died on a cross He was buried in a tomb, and then three days later, he arose from the dead, victorious over sin and death. Believe that he did that for you. And then the third thing to do is to confess. Confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior. It's as easy as that. I want to encourage you, if you have not made that decision to follow Christ and go into a relationship with him, will you do that today? 
Will you ask Jesus to come in and be a part of your life, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to be in charge? If you have made that decision today, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com so that I can be encouraging you, praying for you, and sending you some resources to help in your new walk with Christ. Check out more Encouraging Gospel Center podcast on the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network at kingdomrock.org. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.